Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. Each week, Andy shares interviews with talent development professionals, thought leaders, and experts to share best practices, learn about the latest trends, and find out what has been successful in the world of talent development. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today for another great conversation to help you take your game in talent development to the next level. And today we're talking about the connection between talent development, learning and development and technology, something that we all rely on in our roles and our jobs in talent development. And I've got a guest coming on today to share her own story and experience in leveraging technology, doing an implementation and how we can think about where we bring technology in and how to bring the right stuff in. So my guest today is Arti Talwar, who is a collaborative, adaptive, and passionate talent development professional with 10 plus years experience launching strategic corporate learning initiatives for global employee and manager development. Currently, she is the senior program manager for learning and development at Enjoy Technology, which is a technology company that is reinventing commerce at home by partnering with consumer brands to provide personalized, high-touch retail experience at home. And I'm excited to dive into this topic today when it comes to technology. Artie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andy. Thank you for having me here. I'm excited. I've been, you know, an avid follower of your podcast for the past four years now. And it's interesting to me that I'm swapping places today that, you know, where I get to share some of my experiences with your broader community. So definitely looking forward to it. I love that. You know, one of my philosophies and the reason why I started my conference and community a couple of years ago was this idea that almost everybody in the L&D community has something to share, right? It's not just about the so-called experts or the gurus. Like I want to talk to more people who are in the job doing this stuff. And, you know, having spoken with you a couple of weeks ago, I knew that you had a lot of expertise and and experience to share. So before we get into this intersection of L&D and technology, maybe you can just share a little bit more about your background and, and what you do today. Absolutely. So I've had a very interesting career trajectory, Andy, where, you know, I grew as an instructional designer and a content writer. Those were like, you know, 
the fundamentals that I went through. And then over time, I grew into like stepping away from like day-to-day instructional design to like more managing learnings and programs on a global scale. You know, what does it take to launch a program or launch, you know, an implementation? And I've taken that experience forward, embedded myself more deeply into the people or the talent space. And uh, it's it's been it's been an interesting journey so far. I'm definitely looking to continuing it. Yeah, and today you're working in learning and development at Enjoy Technologies. Maybe you can share a little bit more about the company and the role you have. Absolutely. So you know, like you said, you know, Enjoy Technology, co-founded by Ron Johnson, who's like you know a very very seasoned executive in the consumer technology space. And uh, what we do is, you know, we deliver life-changing experiences to, you know, consumers uh, at home. So it's what Uber did to, you know, like mobility, you know, and what Airbnb did to like, okay, uh, you know, hotels and your rooms being sort of thought like hotels. Enjoy has been trying to do something similar, you know, for for, you know, for the past few years. And we've partnered with some of the biggest telco brands in the world that you can think of, uh, partnered with AT&T and Apple in the US and North and Rogers in Canada. Mm. My role specifically at Enjoy is, you know, partnering with our talent development team, as well as our uh, field enablement teams, right? So supporting them in launching programs, systems and processes, right? So that's how we've embedded ourselves with our business stakeholders and our executive leaders to make sure that, you know, as they are moving through their own business needs and their learning roadmaps, technology wise, we are always, you know, working hand in hand with them. Mm, I like that. Okay. So bringing everything together. So since you brought up technology, let's go to that place. Uh, You recently finished a a large implementation and I'd love to Mm -hmm. get into the background of that and maybe even zooming out and, and thinking about how do you think about the need for technology and how do you evaluate or figure out what is the right thing that you need? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a very interesting question all the time is, and I truly believe that, you know, technology is not an end in itself. It's basically a means to an end. It's an enabler to helping you, you know, bring your vision to life. In this case, you know, if you have a learning vision, you know, helping you bring that vision to life. So, and that's, that's the ethos and mindset I've had always. And I'd enjoy, we even take it a step further, right? You know, so early on also in this case, in the, in the current implementation that we just wrapped up, it was, we were moving from a legacy system that the company had been using for six years. So we were moving to, you know, a more robust, streamlined ERP system, I would say. And so the questions we asked were not even about, you know, the new system as such. The questions we asked and the constant communication we did with our executive sponsors was, well, what's the business challenge you're facing here, right? What is your current state? What are some of the, you know, the key questions that are coming from these, uh, from your current state? So are you facing questions like, or challenges like reporting? Is reporting very critical for you and your current system is not able to give you accurate reporting? That's one. Despite having a learning system, is your entire company not using that same learning system? Which means that, you know, there are some siloed operations that are happening 
So is that is that the most important reason for you to move into this new system? Is there still a lot of manual work happening despite having a system, right? So questions like these, they help us understand better what is the ultimate goal of bringing in this system and how will this system actually help you realize your vision for the next two to three years? Yeah. So what is the ultimate goal? Starting with the the end in mind, with the technology not being the end, right? It's the means to the end. So what is the goal? What's the end we're trying to achieve? And then what's the best piece of technology? What's the best method that's going to help us get there? So you're in your case, you know, what spurred this discussion? Was it an LMS or what what technology were you working on replacing? So we were already working with an LMS and the challenges that we were facing is, well, as as a public, as a newly created public company, you know, so being SOX and IT compliant was imperative for us, right? So we had to bring in a system that had the right levels of role-based access controls, right? So not everybody will have access to the complete system all the time, right? So you have to bring in a system, a new system that has some of those access controls built in. The other, you know, the other important thing for our stakeholders was we want to bring the whole company on one system. There has to be one place where the entire company goes for all of their learning and development needs. So that was imperative for us. The third priority that was put forth for us is we want to resolve or better address inaccurate data that we are still getting. Despite having a system, there are still inaccuracies. We want to address those. We also want to have better streamlined reporting so that we can use all of those outputs, the reports we are getting from the system to actually make some more meaningful decisions, right? So that is where those were the three or four criteria that were very important and critical. And when we finally took the next step of like evaluating what platforms out there could address, this was our, uh, this was, I would say, the blueprint we went with. So every time we would just go refer back to this blueprint and say, we've just evaluated three systems out there. Which of these is helping us address these key questions from our stakeholders? Yeah, it makes sense, right? You got to think about, okay, what is it that you need? And then you're looking at these technologies. And we talked a little bit about the intersection of technology and learning and development. Maybe we can touch on that as well as you as you think about this and you work with talent development, other groups around HR. I think we all need technology these days, right? But how do you think about that intersection of, okay, there's the the human element of what we're doing, but then there's the technology side where we, we know we need that to help us implement and do what we want to do. Yeah. The very interesting thing is like, when you think of technology today, there are always like, you know, some future facing questions that you yeah. have. So it's, uh, so what do you need technology for, right? And even in talent development and learning and development, right? I have seen this that, you know, it's one thing to launch a system and then it's another thing to see, well, how is this system actually helping my employee, right? How is this helping me get better data about what my employee is learning, right? Mm -hmm. And how can I use that to actually make more decisions, right? So for instance, our long-term vision with having a, you know, a system, an ERP system or a new LMS at Enjoy Technology was 
Well, ultimately, this has to get connected with end-to-end talent management, right? Mm. So what people are learning, what goals do they have, how are they developing, right? And how are we, uh, how are we tying it all with their performance management, right? How are we enabling managers to have more insights into what their employees and their team members are learning and how are they developing? And then how do those conversations and how does that data actually help managers make better decisions, Mm. right? So you always have to think through it from, I would say, a long-term perspective. That's number one. And the other thing is the interconnectedness of it all, right? Like what you are learning, you're gaining a skill. How is that skill helping you do your job better? And how is that the skills that you're gaining, how is that actually helping you move vertically, horizontally, or cross-functionally in your organization? Yeah, absolutely. So this was like a nine-month journey for you, right, to, to do this yeah. selection and implementation. What are some important lessons that you learned throughout this journey? I think the first lesson is, you know, never start a learning implementation without, or any implementation without having a very strong business case. Right. That's that's absolutely number one. The numbers, the number second is, you know, don't get too overwhelmed by all the bells and whistles that a new system offers. Right. That's how typically, you know, technology vendors try to entice business stakeholders is, you know, like all the cool features, the bells and whistles. But it all comes down to, look, having a new system, you have to take some iterative steps with it. Right what are the first five or six steps that you will take with the system? Stick to that and, you know, you will find value in, you will find a lot of value in the new system. So that's the second. I would say the third one is always go with the 80-20 rule. There is no perfect system out there, right? There is no system that will meet 100% of your requirements. So if if you've documented your business case very strongly, you will be able to find a system that means that means 80% of your requirements and i think that's a great that's a great selection right once you actually start the implementation don't don't dilute the connection the strong connections and the strong camaraderie that you've built with your business stakeholders keep them updated keep them in loop Actually, when you are implementing the system, you should have your business stakeholders participate in the iterative build of the new system, Mm. right? They need to see with their eyes, how is this new system actually going to get built? Give them opportunities to get their hands dirty with the new system sooner, right? Many a times I have seen that, you know, the people who would be using the new system are actually one of the last ones to be invited mm-hmm. to clean the new system. Yeah. Don't make those mistakes. You want them to feel confident about this implementation itself. You want them to feel excited about owning a new system. Mm-hmm. Bring them sooner into the picture. They will give you a wealth of information and day-to-day problems that you will thank yourself later for. For over three years now, the Talent Development Hot Seat Podcast has been proudly sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage Performance Group provides creative learning and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. Advantage helps leaders lead, sellers sell, and businesses flourish, and you to be more successful at your job. 
The Advantage website has great free resources, including this podcast and an amazing webinar series that include topics such as innovation, future storming, inclusion, sales, leadership, and so much more. To get access to all of our free resources, as well as overviews of the solutions that Advantage offers, just head on over to AdvantagePerformance.com. That's AdvantagePerformance.com. Yeah, those are some great lessons. So, you know, recapping, never start with an implementation without a strong business case. Don't get too overwhelmed by the bells and whistles in the new system. Take iterative steps. Always go with the 80-20 rule. There's no perfect system or solution. Document the business case and have business stakeholders partake in the implementation. Touching on that last one, as I've been involved in creating learning and development programs over the years, I've seen that one as a really important one too, is to get the stakeholders involved in the creation of the program so that you don't get to the end and they're like, oh, what is this junk? Like, you know, we're not using this. It is like, oh, well, you were involved. So how do you go about getting stakeholders involved early on so that you know that they're bought in and and on board when you make that decision? Yeah. You know, when I enjoy the one way we do this, do that is, is you know, when we are evaluating the vendors also, when we are in the, evaluating these technology vendors, we we actually invite stakeholders to those discussions, right? So our key stakeholders in this case, our global head of talent development and our global head of field enablement, they were involved in those evaluations as well. You know, obviously they are not looking at it from a technology standpoint, but they have the complete freedom to ask questions from a from a business standpoint, right? As we get into, as we move uh, further into the implementation, the actual people who are touching the system on a daily basis, they are the ones who are part of the iterative build. They're also the ones who are actively participating in the testing of the new system, right? They have complete freedom and we encourage them to ask questions, even even ask questions directly to the implementation vendor, right? If something does not click with them or if something uh, is, is is turning out to be like a little bit of, a, of an adjustment uh, for them, they have all, they have the complete freedom to, to ask us or reach out directly to the vendor. And I think that, that more than, more than implementing a new system that actually builds a lot of trust with your business, right? Because your business totally senses that you are there not just to implement a system and then walk out of it. You are actually there to help them be more successful in their day-to-day jobs. So if if your business teams are seeing that level of trust from you, that's it. You have, you have, you have one half of the, half of, you know, the friction that comes, you know, when you're launching or implementing a new system and your stakeholders will then take, you know, all of that trust forward. And then I would say convincing the broader organization that this is the right system for us. And this is the right way to move forward with this system. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think when you were talking earlier like it's important to tie this to learning and talent management systems and what are you trying to achieve with learning and development, but also really important to figure out how does this tie into overall business goals, business strategy, right? Because this is going to allow, this is going to influence executives and stakeholders to get on board. Exactly, exactly. 
and and you know ultimately every system is an investment right and and everybody is looking to like well what's the return on this investment how is this, how is implementing the system going to help us in the short term and in the long term is this the most important problem for the organization to solve right now right like every implementation you're not just setting aside some dollar value you're also setting aside resources and people so knowing that you know this is the right investment for the company it's absolutely critical and all of us are going with that mindset when we are implementing the new system mm. Yeah, absolutely. So is there anything else that you think, you know, lessons you learned that you think are useful for people when you think about implementing a new system like an ERP, NLMS? I know you also brought in learning system partners as well. I think you mentioned LinkedIn learning when we talked before. Yeah. So any other lessons learned that you think people need to know about, you know, going about implementing these things? I think I think one of the most important factors that actually many of us realized later on is change management mm. right so change when you are transitioning from a system that has that is being used for many years in the organization and now the organization is expected to move to a new system i think change management should be one of the first things you think about but it actually ends up being the last mm. right so take if you have in your organization depending upon the size of your company you know if you have like a formal change management team you know connect with them and leverage them sooner than later but if you don't have a change management team you know identify identify early on you know who are going to be your champions you know who will work with uh, you know either sending out communications about this new system or this new program that you are launching or and and they will be your your partners your act, the active proponents and supporters of this new system and they will also become the first point of contact when you know when the end users or the broader organization has any questions right we all know that you know most of the change most of the system implementations they actually fail within the first 3 to 6 months and the biggest factor is you know people were not even aware of it right people were not aware of it they were not trained well in advance they were not even given given enough time to train mm-hmm. or you know their input or their feedback was not taken early on so don't miss out on this opportunity when you've done all of the hard work you know like understanding the business requirements making sure you build strong partnerships with your stakeholders your executive sponsors don't miss out on the opportunity to actually have you know a successful adoption not just initially but ongoing so always keep change management in mind okay yeah absolutely one more thing i wanted to touch on before we finish is when i spoke with you before you also mentioned you were working on talent mobility and how do you help people within the organization find different opportunities and and move around and this is i think a really hot topic in companies across the US and probably beyond because it seems to come up in many conversations. I'm having a lot of companies that are trying to figure this out. Uh, what's been your approach so far to enjoy and, and what do you think is kind of the way people need to be thinking about this in the future? Yeah, I think at Enjoy, we we actually have a very good uh, way we handle talent mobility. We actually, we call it career experiences. So, you know, if you are if you are brand new to the organization and 
you're joining as an expert, which is a term we use for people who actually deliver these experiences to our end customers. They have, you know, conversations with their line managers to see what else could be out there for them. And we actually put them through, you know, rotation programs and career expe- uh, experiences, which are three to six months long, right? We let them experience uh, another part of the organization. And we actually have forums where they share their learnings, right? Sometimes we invite them to speak at, at the company all hands also to share some of their experiences and and. And what what learnings are they taking back with them, and how are they going to ensure that you know they pass it on? They pass on this learning to their peers and their direct reports. So that's one way we are doing it at Enjoy. And I'm sure you know there are again there are platforms out there that help you better understand talent mobility. Uh, but it all comes down to the same thing: what is your vision and goal around talent mobility? Right? Do you want are you looking to build like a network of skills within the company? Are you are you actually trying to understand? Okay, the cost of hiring a new employee is much higher than the cost of like you know moving people internally. So, what's your vision there, right? What's your business goal, and what are some iterative steps that you can take? Like with anything, it's it's a broad topic. It's something that you know it's very easy to get overwhelmed with because there is so much information out there. So go back to the basics, understand what is the problem you're trying to solve and try to take some iterative steps there. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And it all, like, you know, same with the technology, it starts with beginning with the end in mind, like figuring out what are you trying to achieve? What do you want for your people? And then how can you set up a system that will be useful for them. And technology can be a great enabler, but you've got to have the right mindset, the right culture, the right leadership, all of those things in place to, to create that culture of mobility. So yeah. Yeah. I would say one thing is when you when you just said mentioned mindset, right? It's mm-hmm. talent mobility is more of a mindset game, right? Because leaders and managers many a times have to understand that, you know, look, Talent belongs to the company first and then to your own team, right? Many a times we take that reverse, right? So it's like this talent or this person belongs to my team and I'm not letting this person go, right? So it's 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 a, it's an opportunity to like to coach sometimes, uh, you know, senior leaders and also frontline people managers in understanding that, you know, good talent always belongs to the company first. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Artie, this has been really fantastic. This has been enlightening and uh, I think that will be valuable for a lot of people who listen. Uh, so thank you so much for taking the time to come on and, and share with us. If anybody wants to reach out and connect with you, maybe learn more about you know, the work that you've done, um, is LinkedIn the best place or is it another way? Yeah, LinkedIn is the best place to find me. And Andy, thank you. I have totally and thoroughly enjoyed conversing with you today. This is a topic that's very close to my heart. It's people and technology, the intersection. So I'm looking forward to, you know, what what feedback comes from your listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Well, make sure if you're listening, this resonated or you have more questions, reach out to Artie, reach out to me, you know, send feedback our way and hang on Artie because we have one more session to do together. We're a little bonus Q&A round, but we're going to wrap this up today. Thank you so much for being here. And for those of you listening at home, thank you so much or wherever you are. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you again soon.
All right, that will do it for part one of my conversation with RT Talwar from Enjoy Technologies. Hope you got value from that conversation. We've done a couple calls recently inside the talent development think tank community, the membership community I run, where we have talked about technology implementation, particularly in LMS. ERP, I think it's come up as well, but LMS has kind of been the hot topic. And usually people have lots of questions. They have experience to share from different platforms. And we have a lot of members that are connecting with each other and supporting each other and figuring out, okay, for my next implementation, which platform should I be considering? What technology do I need to be looking at implementing? How do I go about doing this? How do I get my stakeholders involved and on board? That's another big question that people ask as well. So I know we're going to be doing more calls on that. And the future I share that to say like, this is a popular topic, right? So I know that many of you are thinking about this as well. I've asked already if she'd be a guest speaker in our community in the future to lead a call on this subject so we can really help people think more through implementing different technology platforms that'll probably happen in September or October. So if you're not a member of our community yet, come check us out. Come join a call. Come join the community. We have a call every Wednesday at noon Eastern time, nine Pacific. We often bring in guest speakers. Many of the guests you hear on the podcast have been guest speakers in our community. We also do open forum calls where we have discussions on different topics around talent development, learning and development. And in fact, the day after this comes out, we have a session being led by Jess Omley, who is a longtime member of our community and who's been on this podcast in the past, all about taking a consultative approach to talent development. So how do you become more consultative and move from being order taker to consultant? And therefore, or so that you can become more strategic in the business. And I think Artie touched on that a little bit in this interview and conversation as well. That's going to be a valuable one. And I can't wait to hear more from her on that conversation. And we're going to have more great conversations like that. In fact, if I look at our upcoming schedule, we've got some great open forum calls. We've got some great speakers. We've got Michael Bungay-Stanier coming to speak in the community in July. He's, of course, the best-selling author of the book, The Coaching Habit and The Advice Trap. Been on this show in the past, I think back in mid-2020, maybe. We've got my friend Pete Leckenby leading a session on influencing stakeholders. We've got Dr. Esther Jackson, who's been on this podcast, doing a session on adaptability in talent development. We've got Travis Domert, who's in the community, leading a session on developing your leaders. And many, many more great sessions coming. Another one on performance management and one on understanding your motivation or your motivators. So if you're not part of a community where you have regular teaching sessions, regular sessions where people can learn from each other and really connect and build a network, then you need to come join us in the Talent Development Think Tank. Because, you know, as I already said, being a bridge builder, I don't think there's anything more important in your career than building a network, having a network of people, professionals in your line of work who can help support you. And you can call when you have a challenge, a problem, something you need help with. So Come join us. And even if you don't, make sure you're building your network out there. If you want tips and tricks on how to do that, I have two chapters in my book all about networking. The book, of course, is called Own Your Career, Own Your Life. It's available on Amazon. Also on our website, andystorch.com slash career, andystorch.com slash career. All the information is there on the book. It's available on Amazon, over 250 five-star reviews. And as I mentioned, two chapters on building your network and one on building your brand that will really help you in your career. If you don't already have a copy, would love for you to go check that out. And finally, I want to remind you that our podcast is sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. 
Advantage is professional services firm dedicated to providing a continuous stream of creative learning and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to do the best work that they can to be the best at what they do. Advantage uses business simulations, experiential learning programs, all kinds of great training programs that are really interactive and not just some kind of boring Zoom session. They're in-person, they're online, they're interactive, they're virtual. And you can find more information by going to their website, advantageperformance.com. That's advantageperformance.com. Thank you again for listening. Stay tuned. Our next episode will be my bonus Q&A episode with Artie. We talk a little bit more about her career as well as the challenges and trends that she is following in talent development. Take care. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again. Take care.